Welcome to The Leaders Who Care, a podcast powered by Dynamis Group. We are here to give the stage and support to those committed to create a positive and lasting impact, way beyond the profits and margins, the leaders of the world who care for others and serve a bigger purpose. Join us on the journey of creating a better, more caring world. And now to your host, Marian Timelkov. The audience, I have the privilege today to welcome a very special guest, one of the most caring leaders that I have uh, met in uh, the bioscience world. As you know, we're on a mission to bring together some of the most caring leaders from every corner of the world and industry and uh, amplify the impact, the positive impact uh, on the world. And today I have the privilege to welcome Keith Williams. Keith, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Mary. Thanks for inviting me along. Well, um, it, first of all, um, it's uh, really uh, uh, wonderful and, and to have you today, knowing what you do and your deep passion and conviction for, uh, for making the world a better place. Uh, I still remember when you said to me, um, sometimes we're old-fashioned, but when you say old-fashioned, you meant um, caring values, values that really relate to authenticity, to care, to really loyalty. And uh, I would love to hear more about uh, how it all started with you, Keith. And uh, those values to me should be the new values and the future values. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no, no old school or, or, yeah. or kind of uh, dated, you know, I'd love to really hear how um, you formed those values in your journey. And um, uh, maybe because that could be quite a, I'm sure there's a, a long story to share, but what are the key milestones and uh, how did it all started for you and what brought you here in, in uh, maybe a few minutes? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I, I kind of come from two different cultures, really. I was, I was born in America and um, lived there till age 10. Uh, then we came to England for a holiday um, one summer and uh, we never went back. So that was a, that was kind of a pretty big change. And, um, you know, uh, I kind of had to get used to a, an English culture from an American culture. And as they say, um, you know, two different cultures separated by common language. So that was a, that was an interesting start to, uh, to my, uh, my youth and my, uh, my life really in, in a sense. So. Watch out, guys. You know, you come to the UK, you might stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what happens. Yeah. So um, you and I both, huh? Um, Absolutely. We are very similar. I didn't came for a holiday, though, but uh, kind of, uh, a lot of people did and, and, uh, and followed. And, of course, um, you, you, you were born in America. You came to UK. You know, it's uh, really... Uh, and um, what, what happened, you know, when you... How old were you when you arrived here in the UK and what followed yeah it was it was just the start of secondary school and um and you know having a let's say a very strange accent in an english uh, grammar school was probably quite formative in uh, being able to help you work out how how to deal with people and um you know uh, understand the way that um the way the uk is different from america and i think i think that gave me some insight into kind of understanding people a bit and 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 you know what makes them tick and maybe trying to work out how um you know how you can influence them and understand them in such a way that you can get the best out of them i guess and yeah you know, I, w I won't deny it was quite hard my father was um still in in america so he didn't come over until i was 14. so he was still working in america but coming over on the holidays but um 
but you know, I think those those formative years kind of help you understand about change and taking responsibility and all of those sort of things. So, so I think that was um, it. Certainly helped form you know where I got to uh, later on in life. You know, I see uh, some correlation here that someone said to me, and I also see it from my own experience. When you take responsibility from early days um, in your teenage years, or especially in your twenties, a leading group of people leading a project or responsibility that actually um, is uh, sets you up for later on in life often we can see a correlation between leaders of the future or uh, leading companies when they've taken responsibility early on in their in their career or they faced difficulty hardship um, yeah. in in transforming um, and uh, how Fenotipeka was born. How did you kind of, uh, because I know you're very entrepreneurial, you have that in nature, you, you, yeah. love, you love business, you love people, you love making an impact, but and that yeah. is a fantastic prerequisite for entrepreneurs, but I know you have a number of successful exits, so it would be great to hear how it all yeah, one sure. off the other. Well, it's sort of a bookend, really, with, with Baker's Yeast, and, and, you know, for those of you that don't know, uh, Fenotipeka is really involved with using baker's yeast to try and make medicines more affordable um, for the world um, because you know there's a good three quarters of the population that aren't able to access vaccines you know diabetic treatments and our mission really is to try and get um, using baker's yeast the cost of goods down so that everybody has a shot at getting a you know a vaccine and a diabetic treatments for example but right at the beginning of my career the first job um, out of university i worked in a facility using baker's yeast to make recombinant human albumin and so it's kind of like a nice bookend at either either side of, uh, of, of, of i guess my story in between times um i built up a couple of companies um one was in uh, it one was a consultancy business for um, the biopharmaceutical industry and you know both of those you go on a journey and you build um, you build up a, a group and um, and you know we exited those and i think What's nice for me is kind of all the stuff I learned over the 30 years um, is kind of coming to the fore now and being able to be used in Phenotypica to sort of make a, a really good go at, at what we're doing. So. No, I love that. And there's, I'm sure there's a lot of lessons uh, that you could share with the entrepreneurs. And uh, what are some of the most difficult uh, moments of your life and, and really uh, that, that shaped you up? Yeah, I, I think probably... You know, you'll understand with any business the people are the most important things in it, and and how you and how you can kind of get the best out of them um, whilst maintaining a feeling of security and hopefully, um, you know, uh, direction that people feel like everything's okay. And and I think certainly early on, um, say my first job out of university. I was given the task of managing people who were in their 40s and I was in my early 20s and you certainly can't go in and expect them to take you seriously because of your age so you kind of have to uh, encourage them to uh, participate with you in a, in a collaborative way so I, I kind of said to the, um, the guys on the shift and of course it's shift working as well so they, they tend to be um, they tend to be quite uh, set in their ways shall we say yeah um, <laughs> So in order to try and get the guys on board, I said, look, you know, you guys know far more about this facility than I do. I probably know a few things about engineering that you guys don't know. Maybe between us, we can come up with something really good. And that kind of diffused the, the whole situation. And so they didn't feel threatened by some young kid coming in who's their supervisor. And, and equally, I got a lot out of them in terms of teaching me 
you know, enormous amounts about how the plant works. So it was kind of a win-win, really. Well, that, that is a great lesson here on its own, like, because um, we are seeing, and, and our role here, my role as, as a millennial is to connect exactly those leaders of today, uh, like yourself, but also with the next generation or Gen, Gen Z, you know, what's in between. And, and there's so much value. Yeah. I see that uh, there's some exceptionally smart young talent and people, but of course, um, they're not often understood by the current yeah. leaders of today. And and really having that connection since you've been in that position yourself, that was a, a great way to uh, really um, connect the two and uh, be open and transparent in the way you communicate. Uh, what role your communication played in your success? I think I think that's a really good question. And, and I guess if you look at that situation and then go forward to where I am now with some of the really bright you know, youth that we have in our organization. I think you get the best out of people if you give them kind of a position of responsibility, let them have the ability to make their own decisions and maybe make some mistakes, but have a safety net around so that actually, you know, if you if you fall off the trampoline, you're not you're not you're not dead, you know what I mean? And 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 it's um I think that's a really important thing to do because I think you learn more when you're when you're out there making decisions, maybe making some some mistakes, than than just having it all fed to you the whole time. And uh, you know that's one of the most difficult things to do for for leadership, is to create that environment. And uh, what you know to what would you say your lessons? You know that that you create this environment of safety where people can thrive, not survive. It's just so. And that's something very dear to, to me personally. And uh, what we do, of course, is to see more people thriving in their workplace. And, and I think it's almost about untethering people and letting them find their own way a little bit. And, and as long as you can do that in a way that is, you know, not exposing them to danger or, or exposing the business to excessive risk, then I think that's that's the right way to do it. You know, sometimes we kind of get taught or we used to get taught that you kind of command and control from the center a bit like the old military uh, sort of approach and 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 I don't in my experience over the 30 years is you get much more out of people if you give them room to room to grow um, so I think that's kind of been my lesson absolutely I think uh, it, it's also very important to uh, communicate well be clear um, and, and someone said to me one of them if we have to pick one thing out of that case or the communication piece and getting the engagement and really having that uh, culture is your first reaction to a problem. How you yeah. react in when there's a problem or situation will determine uh, how whether they will feel safe to innovate and to take a chance, take a risk. Um, because if you react very aggressively and, and uh, abruptly, you know, the, they may never take a risk again because they 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 might be afraid to do that, and yeah. uh, really, uh, it's it's not an easy one, of course, because sometimes the problem may be significant. It's how do you how do you balance this out? So give them uh, chances to to do things and fail, but but also help them through that problem or failure that they in order to grow grow beyond that. Yeah, and I think one of the challenges we face today is that often you have quite a um, a, a diverse and disparate set of people working in different geographical locations and and you know I know you, I know you yourself have have some of that to, to deal with and and you know how do you how do you influence motivate um, encourage 
communicate so everybody's on the same page when you've got people in different places and i think that's one of the big challenges that, that we face um, especially now that you know it seems that kind of remote working is becoming the, the a la mode um, i think making sure that everybody is kind of clear and, and, and almost you know enhancing that communication effort to try and make sure everybody knows where they are and what what's going on um i think is really important and, and you know as much as possible and I, I think you agree you you and i have talked about this that you know you've got to try and get face-to-face -face meetings because um that's how you really get that social communication that we human beings like and uh you know it's the it's the uh you know that that sort of connection you make when you've got in the same room with somebody and all the all the all the non-verbal cues that you get that actually make a difference and trust and all those things that get built up absolutely i think you're right while we're building the remote and virtual uh, presence. I think that's important to nail, and there's something very powerful. But complemented with those key moments of connection and meetings, uh, a great leader, peacemaker, actually once told me, um, "You need at least six meetings a year between uh, if you want this to be sustainable for a very long time." And I, and I kind of, I haven't challenged it. I haven't researched it further since. So it means every two months you've got to have a physical meeting or, or connection with, with someone in order to be on the same page online. Of course, you can st still have a lot of meetings in between in virtual, but um, I don't know what is your take on it. You know, what are your thoughts on how often we should meet? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think that's a minimum. And, and especially when you're in a fast growing, fast reacting business and, and you know, you know, people kind of think they know what they're doing and they go into their little bubble for a month and then they come back out again and they realize that actually that, you know, you hadn't given clear instruction as to what the priorities were or, or whatever. And you can't, you can't blame them for focusing on what they thought they should do as opposed to what was needed. And so I really think, you know, we, we, we at Phenotypica try and run every two weeks and kind of get together with, with everybody face to face where possible. Um, and, and I think, you know, that that's necessary really in a fast moving uh, fast moving world and you know how did I get there I, I can remember um, we were I was running a company um, a few years back and um, one of my uh, sales guys was remote um, so in a different country and um, I was under a lot of pressure in the business to to try and achieve some targets and and you know I I, um, I think I think I kind of got a bit blind to what was going on because I was communicating with this guy and he was kind of making signals that even though I wasn't in the room with him, I could, I could probably with hindsight have detected something was going wrong, but I just kept saying, come on, you know, what are you doing? You need you, I need you to get on with this. I need you to do this. And, and in the end, um, you know, he, 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 um, you know, he had to time, had to have time off for stress. And if I picked up those signals earlier, Maybe if I'd been in the room with him, and maybe if we'd gone for a beer or whatever, then then we'd have, you know, we wouldn't have got to the crisis point. And I think that really taught me that, you know, as much as possible, can you can you really try and get into the room with people and, and give them a chance to tell you if there's a problem? Because um, generally, people don't like doing that over phone calls or you know that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. So. Well, uh, no, thank you for sharing this because that that's really a great lesson and. Um, of course, for me, it was very similar in my most difficult of times when I was not around around people. It's difficult to detect unless they tell you. Uh, and this is what we are looking to build here in the Anamis, a culture where we are open and we can share exactly what we're going through. 
Um, yeah. It's not necessarily easy to do, but uh, it is. Uh, it is the future is a great way, and we want to embrace um, that type of culture where we take care of each other and uh, share what we're going through and support through our journey and and, and interests. Because each one of us have interest in um, outside of the community and how we care and impact everything around us. And um, that that is very important that uh, we all have interests and we need to understand what these are and uh, how can we take care of them. And on that topic, how do you take care of your team? And uh, uh, what is your really... Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we, we've, you know, Phenotypica has been going, <laughs> we started off two, I think, two months before COVID. And wow. you know, suddenly, you know, um, <laughs> we, we kind of kick off this great big project there was four of us and then suddenly it's like oh you can't go in the labs and and you know how do you deal with that when you've got a, you know you've got a fixed timeline project to complete and then suddenly you can't access the labs now fortunately we were able to um, get access because we were also doing a covid antigen project at the same time and that gave us access to the laboratory so we became a you know a, a special group that we're able to access so that that provided some challenges um you know then you really couldn't meet face to face unless you were in remember we used to have those things called bubbles and you had to be in a specific bubble and and then that was all a bit crazy so you couldn't even if you wanted to you couldn't meet um you know specifically if you were in the same bubble you know whether you want to have a curry or a beer or um, a party so you couldn't do any of that um so we we kind of had to work our way through that and and i think kind of with that challenge comes you know being able to cope with adversity and you you almost then get a bit of a corporate culture that kind of says, well, gosh, you think it's bad now, but remember how bad it was when, when we had to deal with COVID or, you know, and, and so I think it just sets perspective a little bit. And, and, and I think really that, that, that kind of, that corporate kind of knowledge is really important because you, you know, especially when you're growing and, and, you know, we're 12, we're 12 people now, we, we're hoping to be 16 in the next few months. Um, we're growing at a great rate of knots and, and, the, the people that were there to start with, if you've kind of set the right culture, hopefully they'll they'll carry it through with the new people that start, and then they know they can know exactly what's expected and how to behave. I think you you just said that is really important. I think one of the great ways is to, of course, take care of, of your people is um, by being clear of what is expecting and the vision, the mission. What do you expect from them as well? Yeah, and uh, and it's it sounds easy in common sense, but. Uh, this is our message to a lot of entrepreneurs and companies. Think from day one, if you want to retain exceptionally gifted talent, how do you onboard them? And uh, are you clear with your expectations? What really day-to-day -day could look like and translate your vision into tangible actions and milestones that they should achieve and look forward? And uh, we could very easily overlook that. So, uh, And, uh, of course, make sure you have, from our perspective, don't never lose the joy, no matter what. Um, no, no. it's, uh, I think it, but, it's essential, but, and, and I think, I think you're right. We, we early on with the core group of, of employees sat down and, and, you know, went through and created a set of five values and, you know, these are the five values for Phenotypica and because everyone inputted upon them, I think they can help to drive them through the business. So, you know, we put customers first. So we're commercial and collaborative. We're driven by performance. We deliver scientific excellence. We exhibit strong business ethics and we encourage people to be happy, to be healthy, and we need to be fair. 
and and those five things we try we try and make sure that um you know we measure people how they perform against those those values and and we make sure everybody knows what they are when they start with us so i think you have to have something in a way to hang to hang on and and uh, that, that's kind of how we do it i love it and you mentioned something very important of course and all those uh, critical and thank you for sharing those but who takes care of you keith how do you take care <laughs> of yourself <laughs> well um my wife is fantastic and she kind of keeps the Well, we want to hear what she does. So this is a moment because we know beyond every great man, there's a a great woman. Absolutely, and and you know that's another team as well. So you know the the home team is uh, is as important as the company team. But I try and do if I can three or four times a week exercise one way or another, even from just a short walk to um, maybe doing a you know a, a gym session. Um, I enjoy coaching cricket um and that gives me pleasure seeing um you know some of the young kids learning new skills and and coming forward that way so i really enjoy that that helps to de-stress a bit and puts everything into perspective we need some um, baseball game i tell you <laughs> <laughs> I, just, i just came back from america and uh, there was a couple of guys i was ch- chatting to over there and they said can you explain to me how how the rules of cricket work and i said well <laughs> how long have you got because it's going to take a few hours <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a it's a very good game, but uh, yeah, it is complicated. Well, it's simple and complicated at the same time. But but you know, um, I get a great deal of joy out of out of both coaching and watching and and even playing cricket. I still play these days as well, but uh, not very well. So so those are the sort of things, and and I think you need to have that removal from work um, to be able to kind of relax and 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 you know de-stress a bit. Um, and you know, you, you I think you and I have talked about the sort of joy of the mountains for me the best place for me to really de-stress is is you know either walking or skiing or or just spending some time in the mountains because it's both a humbling and a, a inspiring environment and and i think it's um you know it cleans it cleans and cleanses the body and the soul you know uh, it's thank you for sharing this uh, every one of us should actually learn what are the things that recharges us yeah. because not only Oh, not only important how hard you work, that's of course very important, but how well do you recharge and how well do you rest is equally important in order for you to have longevity. And um, we got to understand and spend time to learn our bodies and, and not only our bodies, that's the other thing. Our mental health is, and now I want to make a note, celebrating Mental Health Week uh, awareness. It's so important. And uh, I, I got really interested because I'm like a science, scientist with a magnifying glass looking for those best practices and trying to find what are those things in those categories. And um, uh, for me, in order to prosper in life, it's, it's not just the physical health. It's these five key categories that I've been uh, sharing with you as well and the priority yeah. in order matters. Um, and mental health is, is number two in the list. And um, I just realized that recently, you know, because going through a lot of things and, you know, training and look, you know, taking care like you, but sometimes by overthinking, by listening too much, because I love learning and sometimes I could spend hours a day, every day of learning new things to upgrade. Yeah. Uh, so at some point I got this notification on my iPhone, uh, your volume uh, have exceeded for the week. You know, and I said, what does that mean? You know, I just uh, <laughs> never thought of what, what really the, the, the kind of overload of your nervous system. 
And uh, at some point, I, you know, my ears are starting to kind of beep. I say, "Whoa, that's the, maybe that's a signal. I, I need to be aware of that, even though physically yeah. maybe strong, but uh, being able to." And what you said about nature is uh, those natural sounds, those really uh, um, ways of walking, and and just uh, being re removed from that artificial pollution that could be around us of lights of noise. Um, is essential and key. Um, and uh, yeah. thanks for bringing that up. It, it is really, really important. Yeah, and, and, and I think we really do need to take care of that because we're so much uh, invaded by emails and texts and WhatsApps and, you know, all the other stuff that we get that, that you can, you know, you can be 24-7 if you're not careful. And the uh, next thing you know is that you, you end up heading towards a breakdown, which uh, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I think is getting more common if if, uh, if we look around. Absolutely, You've got to take care of the, of the. They call it the vagus nerve. You know that goes from from the brain all the way through uh, the, the tummy and the stomach and the heart. I think is very important, really, for us to be aware physically what what this is, and uh, also um, to take action. From the kind of foods we eat, the kind of things that recharge us, and. Uh, yeah, you never realize that from too much learning, you may also have some <laughs> <laughs> some, uh, some side effects. That's new to me, you know. But uh, anyway, these are the things that we all learn. And uh, give, what what are the challenges that you face today? I mean, with you know, Tivica, you guys have done a great job, uh, fantastic, really yeah. impact and mission. But uh, I'm sure you you're going through a lot of those as an entrepreneur, uh, a lot of those challenges, like many of us are, what, what are your, what is in your mind today? And, and what are you thinking of? Yeah, I mean, there's three areas, really, we, we're obviously trying to raise um, some financing at the moment, because we're in a you know, rapid biotech growth um, uh, sector. And, um, you know, you kind of have to do that on top of the, the, the day job. Um, and so trying to find time to do that well is, is, is a challenge. Um, I think at the same time, keeping, you know, keeping the plates spinning in the right way with the rest of the business while you're, you're trying to do that is, 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 is difficult. So, you know, we're under time pressures a lot of the time. Um, and I think also trying to get the people in the organization to feel comfortable enough to to take on more responsibility, um, you know, as you grow, what you want them to do is kind of be the next level of managerial, I guess, uh, capacity. And you know, encouraging them to do that is all. Th those are probably the three biggest challenges at the moment. Um, you know, really looking at it through my blinkers, and um, and I think spending enough time with people in the organisation as well, because you you're so busy going doing other things that you know I feel like. I always like to try and mentor if I can um, and, and encourage um, some of the younger ones to, 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 to take more responsibility. And you can't do that remotely. You have to be kind of in the room and have a chat and socialize and all that sort of stuff. So so I think having the time to be able to spend time with people is, uh, is, is, is tricky for us at the moment. Well, I relate to a lot of those challenges, but um, we wanted to work that you do and the fact that you develop young talent and you're really thinking of that, how to impact, uh, what, what is your message to them? You know, especially if they don't have the time and they look back at, at this, this kind of episode, what are the kind of advices you could give them when they're in, in laws or when they're having a tough day or challenging 
moment? Um, I think the first thing is, and I have to be careful how I say this, it is only work and, you know, it, it, it'll be okay. Um, the second thing is try and rely upon your skills to do what you can do. But if you are struggling, you've got, you know, there's another 10 people around you. Just maybe share it and see if um, see if that if that can help to resolve the issue. Because if you keep it to yourself, it can build up. Um, so there's a lot of talent in in our business with different skills, and and I think sharing and you know I've always believed if you get 12 brains on a problem, then it's miles better than trying to have one person try and solve it because they'll come at it from one direction. Whereas you know 12 people can give you a much better outcome uh, if people are thinking about it. So so there's that, and then you know in terms of longer term development, build up your network of people that you really rate and value so that you can access them for either advice or for, you know, for, um, you know, some mentorship or something like that. So those, those would be the, those would be the things I would, I would recommend. Love that. Sharing is caring, you know, like, uh, and I used to do take a lot on myself, but I've learned that sometimes taking a lot on yourself, maybe the less productive way to do it, uh, because yeah. you Having the, the mastermind or, or a session can give a lot of new ideas and, and really help you out. Um, plus, the communication skills um, are critical. So, uh, say I really relate a lot and advise them, improve your communication massively, not only the way you articulate, but the way you share and, and help out. And you're right, uh, to build a network is, um, it's a question of, in order somebody to pick up your phone call or respond in uh, 24 hours, for example, you know, to your email, um, you got to be valuable to these people. And it's um, yeah. what have you done, basically? How, what, how much value have you brought in order for them? How do I need yeah. to serve to deserve that, that kind of, uh, that's maybe another question that they could be asking. And uh, well, thank you for sharing that because that, that could be useful not only for Fenotipeca employees, but anyone. Really, that that is watching the uh, the episode. We have a question here from Stoyan, who you met actually earlier, and uh, so also yeah. he's asking here. Um, great podcast, Keith. What what do you find are the best strategies to keep your team motivated and engaged uh, strategically and tactically? That's um, that's a really good question. So, if you're looking at your company strategy, I think you have to communicate that really clearly and 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 people need to buy into that. And what does that mean in their day to day job? So, you know, how do you how do you get them to get them to ask the question of themselves? What do I, what does that mean? I need to do in order to achieve that strategic um, goal and then tactically clear deliverables, I think, are really important and and one of the biggest issues you find today is what's my priority and the, and the thing in a small company is there's often three or four priorities and and you know we always like to have this neat th little thing that says that's priority number one that's priority number two that's priority number three and i think one of my keithisms is probably um well all three of those are your priorities so you're gonna have to try and do the best <laughs> one with, with i know exactly what you're talking about you know and uh... <laughs> So, you know, it, 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 and it's trying to do that in a way that isn't confrontational if you can. And, and you know, let, let's be honest, we're all learning and, and um, I've got a pretty big capacity to take things on. And, and I, you know, I, I keep taking stuff on, keep taking stuff on. 
but I will get to the point where it's 101 percent and and that's when I probably get a bit snappy or a bit um you know a bit grumpy or something and and recognizing when you're getting into the 90s yourself then means that you can um you know say no to a few things so that you don't go over the edge and then people feel uncomfortable because you're getting uh, you know you're getting grumpy or whatever so great so I, think, uh, I think you know those are those are important pieces uh, you know also you mentioned something uh, capacity you mentioned capacity so yeah um how about expanding your capacity you know how do you expand your capacity in other words how can you take on more well again the reality is if you become the hub in a wheel then whilst that's good from control and command perspective it's not good from a growth perspective because in effect everything goes through you and you become the rate limiting step mm. if you can surround yourself with people who can adjust and adapt and, and adopt certain responsibilities and almost like they would react the way you would want them to react not exactly but but they kind of they kind of get that themselves then you've got double the capacity if there's two of you or triple the capacity if there's three of you or quadruple and 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 so you don't get limited by being the center of the 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 hub of the wheel you you almost um let the wheel roll itself to a certain extent absolutely i love that and and it's very much uh because i see a lot of the mistakes entrepreneurs do is that while they of course, you want control because it's your baby. You want to make sure things are done right. And there's certain value by not letting people too soon to take on too much so they burn out. That's for sure our responsibility as leaders to be able to yeah. understand and manage that. But at the same time, it's being able to uh, take, give more and challenge people not too much to, to go over the edge, but give them that trust and responsibility will... I call it one of the most important wealth uh, creation of transformational wealth. You help people grow yeah. um, and that's priceless. There's no money you can put on this. Of course, it's always nice to uh, add value because there's two, you got to ask yourself, am I an asset or am I a, li a liability to the organization? Asset means yeah. you're bringing value and money in, the liability you're taking yeah. value out uh, or, yeah. or money out. So, and, and that's, when you kind of think of that, how do I need to serve to deserve in order to become an asset to the organization and grow and take on more um, without basically the, the entrepreneur becoming the one that needs to sign off and, and approval, then that means one day if you're not there, then the, the companies could collapse. And I think this is the, yeah. how do you build, how, how, can, how do you refine your value in order to um, exclude yourself out of the organization no longer your time is needed but yeah. the, va the the value is multiplied i think this is the this is the question that that yeah. uh, you you need to think and answer because if you take yourself out and then the value is not multiplied then you've not you're not there yet that means you just work for your time uh, your, yeah. your yeah. yeah agreed and 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 i think certainly when I was younger, I probably would have surrounded myself with people that were similar to me. And as you get older, you realize that the biggest value is having people with differences and different opinions and different skills. And, and actually, that gives you a much more solid um, basis uh, for a business.
Agreed. And, you know, that's uh, the, someone said to me, one of the greatest le leaders and CEOs that I've come across, they say diversity, there's a reason why diversity is important from around the world and different yeah. groups and people because they cover your blind spots. They can see things yeah. in a different way, challenge you and make sure that you, you get used to working with people that, that are different and, and, and understand. And of course, there's certain behaviors and values that are important. Like, do you do you incentivize behavior that when you finish your work, go and help your colleague? Or do you incentivize speed and accuracy? These are kind of behaviors that are really important yeah. for the business growth or um, and expanding capacity also, meaning improving your skills. If you communicate better, yeah. you could close a deal faster. That means you could close more deals than or bring more value to the business quicker. But that takes time and, and growth that that's to me also very important for expanding your capacity um yeah. being more accurate on on your assessments uh with people with situations that's Im again emotional working uh, work internal work as well um keith uh, thank you it's been very helpful here and very valuable to hear of course the uh some of those lessons um what role care has played in your success? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think I think it came later. I think, as I say, when I was younger, probably I was driven more by trying not to expose my weaknesses. And I think then I had some really good mentors who kind of cared for me and said, you know, um, understanding your weaknesses becomes a strength. And mm. that really helped me to kind of understand the things I needed to work on. And also the, you know, I like your expression, the blind spots that I needed to fill. And, and, and I think when you do that and when you realize that, you know, most people don't come and try and do a bad job or do something wrongly, they, it happens and and so you know if you can understand that and therefore be empathetic to that without getting too much upset by it then that helps i think it's when you get repetition of the same mistakes that sometimes it gets frustrating and so how do you how do you uh, how do you how do you manage that in a caring way and i'm i'm still sometimes i guess i struggle with that because to me that's then you know that's just um that's just either incorrect communication or or um people are thinking about stuff so does that, does that um, answer your question definitely and it reminded me of something very very smart and wise um and it was a saying in um uh in latin that making a mistake is human but making them make the same mistake over and over again is evil so yeah. it was very interesting to see that something is not right or yeah. you know, not working if it's that. I mean, doesn't mean you're evil. Does it means it's the the thing that uh, that that that's happening or that makes you do yeah. those things is is really coming from from a bad place, from not a good place that that you need yeah. to work on. Um, and uh, and you're right. It's um, you have probably uh, a few grace the the grace of your people and people around you and families. To do certain mistakes and then they'll take care but if you do them every day and there's no sign of improvement <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a problem so i always look at the Absolutely. improvement if there's a sign yeah. of improvement 
they, they, they're worth even taking putting up the time and, uh, and effort and i think that's a that's really a, a message towards everyone and i think encourage people to question you know to say well why are we doing that well we've always done it that way to me that's a really bad answer um because if you don't question then how do you improve yeah absolutely it's it's very important um and um, since we, we're very excited about uh, what's coming uh, now, we're going through very difficult moments of uh, Corona, but that also accelerated. I feel that was be was a catalyst for many innovations and many great things in the bioscience world. And what is the future of bioscience, Keith? You know, if you look at the close our eyes in ten years or twenty years, what is coming? Is it? Um, yeah unattainable is it a dream to see people live regularly over 100 or even 150 years of age you know or, or 200 like some people are dreaming but you know we know that the people have lived over 120 years uh, at the yeah, record I, I, case but but it's not very common to see <laughs> no, just no. thinking of what role uh, bioscience has to play in it for the future of, of healthcare yeah, I mean that's a really good question. I, I think the twentieth century was the was the century of chemistry, and and so the twenty first century is definitely the century of biology, and and we're going to see that, you know, that massive set of improvements. Um, some may argue that that chemistry and industrialization was an improvement, but on the whole, for mankind, it was an improvement, and we we were able to benefit from, you know, processes that allowed things to to, to improve for mankind. Um, you know, I expect the same thing from the from the biology revolution. Now, the reason why it's a good question is there's so many things to address. It's not just that humankind, um, you know, could have some longevity. I think biosciences will address some of the environmental issues that we've got at the moment, and 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 probably help to detoxify or or reclaim some of the uh, some of the areas that that uh, that are not necessarily usable at the moment. I think we need to get. Um, better yields from crops and so biosciences can help with that clearly our our focus at the moment is medicines and you know one of the reasons for that is you know there's a whole level of untapped potential in 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 um, let's say the low middle income countries where you could have a, a nobel prize winner or someone even just locally who could make a massive difference to their local community who you know, is fighting disease or or is not able to uh, is not able to contribute because of uh, lack of access to medicine. So, so I think that in itself will help make a difference to to, to you know mankind in general. That's kind of one of the reasons that that we we focus on that. So, in terms of living to one hundred and twenty, um, I think the the answer to that is as long as the quality of that life is still okay, mm. I think that's all right. I think if you're living to one hundred and twenty, but the last twenty years are not particularly meaningful or uh, enjoyable. I'd, I'd question the. I'd question the. Uh, you know, the reason for doing. This. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know, the tissue regeneration is now coming around, and where you know, I'm I I, I with too much sport and too much skiing have damaged both my knees, and I'm pretty hopeful that I might be able to get some cartilage regrown in there at some point. You never know. So so it's stuff like that which improves the quality of life that I think biosciences are going to help with. So. What are the most exciting things you you have heard, seen in that that could that really made a profound difference? Maybe people know, but maybe a lot of us may have not heard yet, especially in the last few years. Yeah, um, I think 
the sort of metabolic engineering where we can now take organisms. I mean, we obviously specialize on baker's yeast, which is a safe organism that mankind's been working with for, you know, 10,000 plus years. But, you know, well and all, the, the ability to engineer these metabolic pathways, complex metabolic pathways to achieve production of, I mean, you probably know that um, we're making cannabinoids now for treating people with uh, mental disorders or um, other, other medical conditions. Originally, you'd have to grow the, you know, the, the, the hemp to, to then have those oils that are then extracted from a sort of industrial process. They can now be metabolized in a in a fermentation process with some metabolic engineering and and the ability to sort of synthetically tailor that process now is uh, is amazing and you're going to start seeing a lot of things coming out the you know the the, the woodwork that were otherwise un unavailable i mean i was in san francisco a couple of weeks back and um i was holding a pair of skis that were made by um, algal proteins made from algae and um, you know it was amazing to see to think that, that they came from not a normal oil-based industrial process but oil that had come from algae and in a sustainable way so so I think there's a lot of really interesting and you know good things going on with synthetic biology at the moment and just just watch this space and try and keep close to it love it um, and uh, just a couple of questions before we wrap up is uh, what are the books that made some of the biggest impact on your life? What are recommendations of books that you recommend to maybe any type of any age group? Yeah, I mean, some of them are go back old school. There's a really good book I read, which kind of helped me organize myself because I was pretty disorganized as a youth. And that might just be because that's what happens when you're young. But um, the, the book's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I found that, yeah, really, really interesting. Um, there was a book by Charles Handy, again, pretty old school, called The Gods of Management. And effectively, it talks about four different cultures and that every business is a blend of those four different cultures that kind of descend from the Greek gods and the Roman gods in terms of how they are. So that's really interesting in terms of trying to get your head around the culture of of a company and, and and also creating your own culture and and what what do you think will work best for your business so that those two are really good they they help um they helped me think about how people work and also how people work in a team so i, I guess those those two would be influential thinking about it just uh, asking me off the cuff like lovely. oh lovely thank you so much and any final words what is your uh, uh really uh wish for a more bright and more caring future what what, what would you lo you'd um, love to i mean you know we 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 know what's happening over in in ukraine at the moment and and you know that that tends to focus us on and kind of negative things and thinking and feeling and 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 worry and 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 we're right to be to be worried about that but i also I feel really positive. I actually feel, um, you know, we're in an extremely good place as a human race at the moment. We've got all of these tools and capabilities at our fingertips. And yeah. I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm really stoked to be alive at this time. Um, I think the opportunities are immense. And I think if we can just, you know, keep talking, keep understanding each other and keep moving forward, that we've got a great chance of uh, improving the lot, the lot for mankind. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what I'm really interested in. 
Love it. We, you're right. You know, we have a lot of challenges, but they, they make us stronger. And we probably, uh, given uh, taking away some of the the wars and the difficult moments, of course, we the fact is that we live in probably best time ever in terms of opportunities. Yeah. And and uh, yeah. but at the same time, there are bigger risks, and that we need to manage. As long as we can do that, I think we. I'm very excited to what's coming, not only in bioscience but overall and. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you, Keith, for, for leading with care and being a leader who cares. So thank you so much. And I know how busy you are and taking the time today was an honor and privilege. So we uh, we give honor to all of the the whole team of Phenotypec and your, your wife and family and everyone behind you. And uh, I'm sure we'll make a, a big impact and, and make a difference. So thank you so much. Thanks, Marion. As always, a pleasure talking with you. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Find out more about the leaders who care across the main social media channels and help us spread the care culture in your own community, first by taking care of yourself and then of others around you. It all starts with one person, one act of kindness. What is one thing you can do today to make your environment better? Stay inspired and stay caring. See you next time.